0: welcome into the podcast, the counter show, the show of shows. I keep stealing that. That's like Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, I, or I something. I think it just right?
1: belongs. It's yours by it, now. It, can I have that? Can I have that? They're, Thanks, they're out of business anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, right on, man. We got, we, we've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got an exciting <laughs> show today. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I think Keith is too. So, um, we are fortunate enough to have a couple of guests from. Uh, AERA, uh, which is the uh, Automotive uh, Engine Rebuilders Association or Engine Rebuilders Association as they are known in the industry now. Um, Let's give you a little little bit of a history on these guys. Um, AERA, uh, Engine Builders Association, really is the preeminent technical resource uh, and industry voice for the internal combustion engine builders, remanufacturers, machine shops, OEMs, suppliers, and service providers worldwide. Man, July the 1st, 1922 is when these guys came, came in to who they are. Um, they started out then, 98 years ago, man, uh, as the Midwest Regrinders Association. Um, they held its initial annual meeting in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, they selected select, uh, uh, officers and committees were established basically to establish a support group for the industry. Um, you know, dealing with common uh, problems that we as business owners have on a day to day basis, whether it be logistics, buying parts, finding people to work with, uh, dealing with your customers, um, that sort of stuff, and basically to educate the people within the industry. So um, this is a pretty amazing thing for us to be able to bring to you guys, our audience. We've been trying to do this for uh, about a year now, get somebody on here that, uh, that supports the industry at the level that these guy do, guys do. And we are very fortunate to have two people with us, and I'm going to introduce both of them to you. First, I want to introduce Steve Fox, who is with us today. Uh, Steve uh, has over 16 years of experience in the engine building industry, with eight of those years spent working in the machine shop. Um, Steve is uh, an ASE certified master machinist, which we're going to get into a little bit later in this podcast. Um, He is uh, as well a longtime member of the drag racing circuit uh steve is the operations manager at aera headquarters and a technical editor for their publication uh, which is engine professional magazine which is an awesome awesome magazine and uh you'll find uh keith and our faces in there i think uh this upcoming uh month um we also have today chuck lynch uh, Chuck is the director of technical services. He's got twenty-five over twenty-five years of experience uh, in in our industry, and he leads a tech team by developing new technical programs and services for our active members, along with enhancing our uh, their custom training programs, international development, and more. Pretty awesome stuff. So, uh, welcome in, guys. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having us. Well, yeah. thanks for having us, Jay. I feel a whole lot dumber, all of a sudden. <laughs> 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 Why? Why? Why,
0: man? It, it, uh, because you're surrounded by such right. super, super, superheroes. heroes. know of what the they're industry. doing
1: under a hood. Um, which, by the way, I want to say, if you are listening to this and you think, well, I'm not a mechanic, so this doesn't apply to me. I think there might be some good content here, and potentially, I've got a, I've got an angle on some career advice. So uh, we'll get to that, but don't think just because you're not a mechanic that uh, there there isn't there might be some gems in here for you.
0: Oh, there will be some gems. Yeah. in there. I learned. I will say this: I've known uh, Chuck and Steve both for a long time, and I really, really, honestly can say that I learned something new every time I talk to these guys. That is that is the truth. So, uh, Chuck and I worked a little more closely together. Uh, many years ago, uh, on a different level, uh, he taught me a lot about uh, chrome plating thickness and why it should be so thick, surface finishes and why they should be uh, where they're at, and uh, so that, as a distributor of product in the industry, it, that helped me tremendously to get the uh, the good product put out there too. So, not only yeah, are so they help not only are they helping machinists, they're helping uh, guys that catalog product, guys that. Uh, and gals that uh, uh, you know research and develop those things as well. so I'm gonna it's, it's a partnership.
1: I'm gonna throw this at at Steve's speaking of your the service side of things. like so for people that have never heard of ERA, this is this is your, I, I guess we'll call it the elevator pitch, but there's a pretty <laughs> significant relevance in in the industry, actually in several industries. From, from the perspective of your organization, but help people understand that don't maybe haven't heard before, or maybe they've heard of it, but they don't, you know, they've seen it on the door, a sticker. W- what is it that you guys uh, bring to the table? And I know you got a lot to pick from there. Yeah,
2: basically uh, what we really do is we supply technical information to engine builders. So engine machinists, um, machine shops that rebuild engines are looking for technical specs or uh, torque specs anything that deals with the cylinder block uh, cylinder head crankshafts camshafts, shafts connecting rods uh, anything from a single cylinder Briggs motor to a multi-cylinder Caterpillar diesel engine so we, we supply technical information to help those guys machine
1: those components and That's sooner awesome. or later if you've got something that you love doesn't have to be a car sounds like right correct this is going to be a factor. Now, now look, If uh, there's a certain percentage of people that have gotten into this habit of buy and toss every two years. But for those of us that have something worth hanging on to, which is a pretty good percentage of, of, of our population and our listeners, sooner or later, someone in your uh, direct area of influence's path is going to cross with these guys because they're doing some of the rebuild work on something you love. Correct. That's and, exactly and if they right. get in the weeds it's Chuck you're answering the are you doing some of the service calls the tech support calls
3: yes absolutely the
1: lifelines right, right if this were right. uh what was that game show Jay uh
0: Bonaf- who <laughs> no who wants to be a millionaire right What right.
1: did is that it right that it? Yeah. so Chuck yeah. is Chuck is Chuck I know you do more than that but that is kind of one of the things you do right is you you, you you rescue these guys in the weeds in some technical situations. Yes, absolutely.
3: You know, um, of course we we provide this, the typical data that they would be looking for. You know, the service manual type information, bore size, minimum head thickness, journal diameters you can grind to and so forth. But, you know, speaking of our team, um, we're all experienced individuals from the industry. So oftentimes we're also not only we applying or supplying data from a service manual, but we're also applying experience with that data. So, hey, yeah, you don't want to grind this particular crank to this dimension, maybe because of a known historical problem, but you can do this with this product group. So it's not a carte blanche, you know, everything falls under one parameter. Um, So that's what the tech team can bring that you can't get by just picking up a manual. So, uh, you know, we try to be all things in in support of the, the engine machine jobs.
1: So I've got my newly minted machinist certification, or I I'm just fresh out of trade school or I'm just working on one I've never worked on before. This is where that experience comes in. And, uh, these guys have done Uh, it hundreds or maybe thousands of times on collectively between you, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. And,
3: you know, and also, um, the networking that we probably don't speak to enough. Um, But, you know, we have members who call and say, hey, who's a pro with this? You know, maybe, you know, you take a look at old engines that had bad bearings. Well, it used to be a common thing. Now it's an uncommon thing, but we still have some professionals in that particular industry field, you know? So, oh yeah, member number, blah, blah, blah. He's in, you know, Illinois or whatever. He can pour your Babbitt bearings. This guy can spray weld cam lobes back on. So um, there's, you know, more than just data. And uh, our, our members, uh, we try to keep track of their special skills, um, any nuances that they may be, you know, you know, the industry professional in, and then we'll direct them that way.
0: Yeah, that's that's, um, that's pretty incredible to, to have that type of support in this industry. Um, you know, you can call it a membership, but I really like, I, I think it's like a family, really. Um, it, it really is, because, you know, one of the tools that you guys have online, and we'll get into it a little bit, is the Process Pro Um tool with the, you know with all the specifications and and I mean not only that you've got um, you can personalize it where you can invoice and, and work orders and those sorts of things but also your members can go in and plug in specific notes um, that you could rely on this like you were saying and, you know if they didn't pick up the phone they can go to process pro and find you know somebody has put in a little little note that says you can't do this or reported I see a lot of that reported as this Uh, Which is pretty important because um, I think information, um, like you said uh, earlier, you know, you can only get so much from a manual, but even sometimes the manuals may have bad information in them, and you guys have run across it, so we correct that. That's what we do as a family in the industry to help support each other to get that correct information out there, so it's a collective effort of your membership. Um, to do that, man. So it's pretty awesome. I have called you guys on a tremendous amount of occasions in the past. I
1: wish we had some some of those recordings. That oh would man, be so much fun.
0: Well, not only that too, though. As as I um, I took technical calls uh, previously, and um, I sourced a lot of that information from
1: from AERA.
0: Well, it would, it, this it, it is would why come. we
1: make such a big deal about uh, Jay and I always talking about not letting people touch your your stuff right with an engine in it particularly (laughs) right if they're not members because of all of these things that go on behind the scenes that you don't know about you may not want to know about so that's kind of tip number one to those of you that think because i'm not a mechanic i look there's there's a there's a collective amount of knowledge here that Uh, we don't, you know, pun intended, we don't want to be recreating the wheel every time we perform service work that it needs to be that shared experience. And you have to have a resource for that. Now, Steve, I'm going to throw this to you because this is something you've brought up to us several times and I didn't know a lot about it and I'm learning a little bit more about it. And it's a pretty cool thing, but you do more than just act as a support resource. There's some on the front end there's some education going on that you provide am i correct that so? would you talk just a little bit about what you're doing to teach sure
2: um we also have what is known as our aera online certification program um and that's basically a book uh it's an 18 chapter book that we use and you can become a cylinder head uh, machinist or an engine machinist if you complete the whole program so each chapter has its own tests. Um, you got to pass the chapter tests and then you'll have a midterm. And once you pass the midterm test, you become a cylinder head machinist. Once you comp- complete that and then complete the whole book, you're known as an engine machinist, certified engine machinist, we call it.
1: So here's, here's uh, in light of everything going on right now, Jay, help me out with this, uh, essential service, uh, auto yeah. repair shop. A- right. Abs- absolutely. Open or closed? They're
0: open, man. Open? They're open for Looking for, for work, looking uh, for work, maybe
1: guys. Thinking about a little career change. I'm going to tell you right now from what I've seen of these courses, it is a good investment, not only for the the monetary cost, which is pretty low to get this training, but if I walk into uh if I if I throw my my resume down on a counter uh at a shop and I'm looking to get hired. This is gonna put me head and shoulders above some of these other guys, even guys that have been doing it for it. Especially guys that have been doing it that don't carry the certification. Uh, if you're freshly out of trade school and you're looking for that leg up, man, this is this is some pretty good stuff. And and it's valuable information that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And this is something that
0: used to be offered by ASE. And I think that most of our audience out there is probably familiar with who they are. And they no longer offer those courses. But you guys carry the torch um, and have taken it a step further. And we were talking about this the other day. Chuck, can you speak to a little bit why this is so important at that level um, and, and, and what it does for a machine shop by, by having someone take these courses?
3: Absolutely. So um, you know, ASE's charge is they go more after the guy who, you know, the mechanic who the under the hood technician. Um, he works on the actual vehicle. And and over time, I think that they learned that, hey, there is there's a pass off point. And uh, we have a great relationship with ASE. Um, and so they kind of pass the baton and say, Hey, you know, this is probably something that's more in your wheelhouse. You have the the folks that are interested in, and the expertise to support that. Um, so you get folks certified who, you know, hey, what's the surface finish of the cylinder head supposed to be, the block? You know, they understand in making that meet those particular parameters, not necessarily the diagnostics, you know. Um if the lines are starting to get blurred because you have to know cause and effect relationships. More so today, um, you know, variable valve timing. These, the controls, outside controls are sometimes inside controls now. You know, the engines are getting bigger brains, per se. You know, right. they always said the camshaft of the brains, the oil pump is the heart. You know, now that you have a variable valve timing and things of that nature. So the lines are getting a little bit blurred, but yeah, we've actually taken on, okay, this is the, the precision measurement side of it. Um, and you know, the, the service and repair. Um, so, you know, breaking it out and, uh, letting the people that kind of own that industry, I mean, it, it makes sense. Right. Um, if you take a look at ASE, the engine machinist was a pretty small portion of their major overall group. You know, you got bus technicians, truck technicians, you know, engines, transmissions, uh, drive lines, uh, you know electronics diagnostics is big and you know the people that want to to do that diagnostic type work don't necessarily want to be the engine machinists and we we probably steal each other's uh, uh, labor at times you know the i decide hey i'd rather work under the hood than in a machine shop and vice versa but,
1: right there's a little bit of art involved in this i mean i know it's very engineering specific um but the 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 depth of precision i guess is kind of where i'm thinking it it, it requires a, an elevated level of of kind of engagement i mean this is almost a uh yeah, let those little guys take care of the uh, under the hood work, right? I mean, if you want to, again, if you're going to put yourself in a position where you're in demand, you're sort of putting yourself at the top of that food chain by carrying some of this, uh, some of these creden- credentials and certifications. If I could talk, that <laughs> there's a there's a level of specificity here that you've got to you pass those those certifications. You're you 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 have got some acquired knowledge. Um now oh, in
3: we there's patches. You know, some of the, Go ahead. Some of the some of the things that we speak to, you know, when talking at, at a, a macro level and then a micro level, you know, and, and we deal yeah. with uh, say like mic, micrometer, micro inch. You know, you take a hair follicle from your arm and it's say three thousandths and you would turn that so that you're looking at it like a cylinder and you slice that thing two thousand times. You know, and so that's what the surface finish you're looking for, for a gasket surface is, you know. So, you know, it, it is scientific. It's very precision, um, you know. So, you know, I think sometimes people, they, they look at the the dirty hands facet of it, you know, when they think a mechanic or a machinist or something, but they don't realize it is a highly, highly precision, highly technical, highly scientific industry to be in and that's very rewarding
1: yeah well and again this just points back to why you want someone that has this training because i don't if it's if it's off by just a little bit and good enough you know i don't want somebody with that mindset doing the work you know i want somebody that's gone through the the right training
0: yeah yeah the applications are 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 there, you know, back in the, we're we're far more precision now than we were way back when. Obviously with technology, it, it it's it's gotten to that point. So I guess my question to both of you guys, uh, Steve, it, you know, would you say that where we're at now, we're probably at the most advanced we have been in, in the technology that's available to you as a machinist? And the reason why I want to speak on that is because don't think of it as that, you know, the the dirty hand kind of job anymore, because it's just not that. It is very highly technically advanced these days. The equipment alone that you guys use these days.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, Kind of the equipment that the machine shops are using have come a long way. Uh, you know, like uh, milling equipment, you know, some guy started out with a broach. Uh, it was very easy to use. You could put it on there. Now you're CNC cutting the cylinder decks uh, of these of these heads. You know, you put them in a machine and it punch a few buttons and it goes across there and it gets it exactly to the right finish that you're looking for. Um, Things have evolved a long way, uh, and we're more precise with our measurements. And like Chuck had stated earlier, surface finishes, um, tolerances, clearances—they're um, more demanding now than they had been in the and past. Just you know, for,
0: for those of out there that don't understand why that is, it is because of the changes in emission controls and the emission standards and those sorts of things that metals. Have, yes, alloys, different, lighter metals that are stronger. All of the. All of those factor into these things that um, you know where it was a problem years ago and gosh we can speak to the 80s for probably the big three <laughs> let's not right right down to the <laughs> right down to the paint on the outside of the car they had terrible troubles but um, gosh we've come a long way since then and certain problems have just disappeared because we've mastered them and, and or that technology has gone completely away and has been replaced with others so it still continues to be an evolving evolving industry. Um, and I think that people that are interested in, in making a career change should really consider this because it's, it's very rewarding at the end of the day, I think. Um, it's fascinating to watch some of these. I've been to some of the, the, the clinics and it really is fascinating to watch some of these machinists operate these pieces of equipment and explain why they're getting what they're getting and why it's necessary. Um, it's just that continuing education uh, for this industry and the changes in our industry uh, really dictates those change uh the, the type of education we need to put forth to get these people informed so I have one other thing that I found that I did not know um, if you could speak about it uh Steve tell everybody about the um the engine rebuilders educational foundation I didn't know that you guys were We're offering that. That's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, we started that, oh, I want to say back in 96, 97. Um, And it's really our Engine Rebuilders Education Foundation. And we offer grants and scholarships to anybody that is looking for additional training in our industry, Uh, whether it be taking our online course. Uh, If somebody wants to do that, more than welcome to use the funds for that. Uh, We use it for some of the students that go to some of the technical schools. Uh, that are our members Um, they're looking for training or uh, furthering their education in the machine shop industry or engine Mm -hmm. rebuilding industry that's what the money's there if
1: if somebody wants to read more about that is that on the we haven't even given out the website yet uh, but i'm asking two questions in one here (laughs) so you got who wants to head off both of those you guys gotta give out the website and tell them where they can find out more about that educational foundation
2: yeah, you can go to our website, which is uh, www.aera.org. That'll have all the information about our website, uh, all the membership, our tech department, uh, talks about our Process Pro, our magazine that we publish, which is a quarterly publication called Engine Professional. Or, and if you're looking for the Rebuilders Education Foundation, you go to Aera.org slash ERES. yeah that's
0: that's pretty awesome okay. see there there really is it's it's everyone i'm telling you it, it's right at your fingertips it's right there
1: oh uh, we haven't <laughs> even gotten into process yet oh, so no. uh there is a, a little bit tool not much. a resource might be a, a technical resource that's uh online well no it's software based um it's it's yes. software-based. It's software-based yeah. for our okay. members. That yep. if if they can't, if they don't want to burn up one of those lifelines that we talked about earlier, these guys have access. Now, To do all members have access to Process Pro? Is there a certain requirement there?
2: Uh, it is a yearly okay. fee, so it's on top okay. of their membership. So some, some okay. do, some don't.
1: So, um but but I guess where I was going with this is if they're doing a lot of rebuilds or builds, that's a tool that they've got access to without having to get somebody on the phone, and they can do kind of some of their own direct access research. Jay loves it. I hear him
0: talking that's about awesome. it all the time. I use it. I use it. I was uh, really happy to be able to get it back, and use it again. Um, it's, it it helps me tremendously on a day to day basis. So uh, because you know. We're all about getting the right information out to people, um, our end users, and you know when I'm a, when I'm cataloging stuff, you know you're looking for bores and diameters and pressures and you know spring pressures and those sorts of things. All of that stuff is very important, and um, to have it to make sure that it gets cataloged correctly for for someone looking for a component from a supplier. Uh, that's it's a heck of a well, resource man you know
1: Google will only take you so far oh, right yeah. <laughs> and there's a point where that's right. you don't want to be googling how to do some of this very technically specific and precise work and god help you if you've got somebody doing work for you and they're using google as their research tool
0: or or youtube
1: right <laughs> or or you do <laughs> yeah
0: right yeah so but no it's a it's a great tool i mean um like I mentioned it earlier, just all of the things that you can do with it. Uh, you've got shop tools, shop counter bulletins. That's the other thing. And so folks, listeners, these guys also, uh, have tons of technical bulletins out there. Um, Chuck, do you guys put those out? Is that monthly you send out a bulletin
3: through an email blast or how does that work? Actually weekly. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, long time veteran technician, uh, Dave Hagan, uh, heads that up and, I know you've worked with Dave for many years as well. Yeah. So he puts forth a lot of effort in in researching. And then what we actually do is on on the tech line is we're taking calls, um, you know, so we've got a series of downs. you know, hey, the customer call or member calls and says, you know, hey, I'm starting to see this issue. And then we'll kind of tally that up. So, hey, this sounds like a bulletin. And we tab, you know, click that tab, we save that, we export data, look for opportunities to to put bulletins and then we, you know, we may piggyback on bulletins that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in the membership sometimes it can actually bring us more data to have a more robust bulletin, you know, hey, you know, someone, you know, say GM acknowledges there's this issue, mm-hmm. but, you know, our membership base may say, but, and here's the solution. So, you know, and going back to earlier in, in our discussion, that's one of the things that, you know, kind of separates the aftermarket from the OEs, right? Um, because we do have the, I mean, we were the, we invented recycling, right? We were that's the initial green movement um, because these were quite the investment, you know, a vehicle. So keeping that thing on the road. Um, so that being said, you know, we look for the things like oversized OE crank. You know, main bearings, oversized OD rod bearings, uh, thicker head gaskets, um, you know, improved valve stem seals. I mean, you know, from your, your previous life, um, what we've done to control oil consumption, surface finish of valves. You know, it used to be an auger. It used to pump oil into the combustion chamber. And we didn't, that didn't matter. Now, if you try to sell somebody those same components that matched what they were in 1960, you you'd get complaints. So we have to improve all the way through so again we're providing solutions
1: well and those bulletins are i i mean i'll give you a real world example of that and jay i think you were even involved in this i had a 97 ford f-150 i actually had two different two of them oh and less than twenty thousand miles on a brand new engine and it started to get a lot of lifter clatter and the OE did not have a solution. In fact, Absolutely. I had it at a couple different Ford shops at dealerships and they went, you know, throwing their hands in the air, like look, literally looking down the road of dropping the engine and replacing it. And it was this organization yeah. that researched, figured out the problem. And then I think ultimately there was some partnership involved in a solution, but that solution did not come from the OE. You guys got into that engine and somebody figured out along the way what was going on and what caused it. And I don't remember what that was, but I specifically remember that the actual manufacturer, it was so early in the process. I mean we were the, the truck was a year old. They did not have a solution and they had to they had to look to actual engine guys to be able to solve that problem. And sometimes those are where the solutions come from, even if you walk into your Ford parts counter, you know they're sourcing those fixes through, oh yeah,
0: yeah, from an aftermarket supplier. Absolutely, right. they are. Um, as part of their warranty program, I think that that's what you're going to find a lot of because they, they that's a great resource for the OES. And their liability is within the warranty, yeah. or unless of course there's some sort of safety recall. Of course they have to deal with it because their 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 hand is forced at that point. But well, and outside-
1: see this isn't a safety issue, and it, right. it just ended up being a a bulletin,
0: right. And it's it's, the aftermarket worked it out before the OE did, yeah. And then sometimes the OE goes, okay, they fixed it. We don't even need to take it any further. That's so right. That is
1: go. not as uncommon as people think. That happens no. more, I would bet, than most people realize, because their their head on the development side is what's coming down the pipeline in the next three years. Not That's right. we got to figure out how to fix what we made last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do, here, I got a here's a question for both of you guys. You, you brought it, that just a light bulb uh, came on. So, do you guys get aggravated with the proliferation of engine platforms that are now out there? It's like they're changing. It's like they're changing socks. There's so many different engines coming out every, like every other year. What's your thoughts on that? Should they just leave a good thing alone?
3: You know, it's <laughs> that's funny. It's a challenge, but it's exciting. Um, in in the same sense when you agree, Steve, I mean, it, well, it means I guess more, because we're job, we're job security guys, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're like, Oh, cool. You know, they, they did this. And then you also go, are you serious? Yeah. Why did they do, you know? Right. So yeah, it's good, man. Well, that's
0: like the GM active fuel management is now dynamic fuel management where it's like a whole other level of, of, cylinders shut down or whatever, you know, I, I, and I've got to dig my teeth into that technology. But that's, that's a very interesting technology they've got out. But, you know, whatever, saving fuels, saving, you know, saving the planet, that's what they're trying to do. And, you know, it, it, I, I guess if that's the case, go buy a Metro or something, but don't drive one of them big trucks that got well, all that stuff in it.
1: Well, so here's a, so how much does the changing of the fuel affect what you guys do and here's what i mean by that so and i'm not gonna not gonna pick on ethanol or anything like that that's an easy example because they're talking about changing from uh i think what is it now e15 up to maybe e 20 yeah and uh i just bought a brand new gas pressure washer a couple weeks ago and it said don't you dare put anything over e10 in it but there's other fuel changes besides ethanol, you know, they might put more additives in them. They might take stuff out of them. They might go more synthetic. What, what percent of that is that, how much of a factor is that, especially as, as you're thinking about rebuilding stuff that's been out there for a while?
3: So the, you know, a lot of the challenge really lies in, you know, say a valve head thickness, um, you know, the the weight of a part, you know, how robust is that part? Does it yeah. give you the opportunity to truly to rebuild it? Um, so, you know, we're we're pretty savvy and we usually figure out ways that we can salvage something, you know, you can sleeve it, you can spray weld a cylinder, you can do things to to keep moving forward and and recycle that. But it definitely, you know, you have higher amount of wear, you know, going back earlier, what we were talking about, you know, used to you have big cubic inch and heavy duty parts to make 180 horsepower. You take a look at a, a 464, you know, it's a, it's a big engine. The 27 seven eco boost makes as much power as three, four sixty four. Yeah. Um, Not to mention that those things are know, running
1: on leaded gasoline. Yeah.
3: And you're, you're taxing every component. Yep. To the max, you know, but, um, you know, so you're trying to each droplet of fuel is being squeezed for three times what it was 40 years ago. But, um, so, you know, those were kind of the challenges, um, th- that makes us have to be that much more precision valve seat run out is more critical than it was 30 years ago because we weren't squeezing every component so much, you know, cylinder right. pressure is really high. Um, so we're testing even, you know, I had done a, a webinar on it. the materials that were, you know, reserved for high performance are kind of commonplace in stock production stuff now. I mean, everything's got an ink and exhaust valve anymore. Uh, you know, twenty-one four N, twenty one two in stainless steels, those are just commonplace materials that are used in in production engines. So we just have to be aware of that and and address it accordingly, but you know, the machine shop side of it, yeah, they can they can do it. They just have to say, hey, you know, I gotta be a little more finicky about that. I mean, right. It's gotta be right. thousands run out. It's gotta be Well, you
1: know, and again, this comes back to those things that people never thought of that are going on. There is such precision and the advancement in technology is pushing that envelope that you better have somebody that's paying attention to that stuff. If if they're gonna touch my stuff, they are because um, it's just, it's never been more important than it is today. Um, so this, guys, this is a little, it's going to be a little bit awkward. We've got a, we've got a sponsor we've, we've got to talk a little bit about. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard of these guys. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, we'll so you we'll get, get, get you through get, it quickly, though. Jay. Yeah,
0: we're, we're going to get to this, and this is uh, something we, we just spoke on this, but we're going to speak on it again. Um, AERA solar head and engine Machina certification is something that these guys offer. Um, uh, with the absence of ASC machinist certification, AERA felt it necessary to offer this industry an alternative. Rather than a test to prove understanding, AERA has chosen to offer a comprehensive online training program leading to diploma-quality certificates for cylinder head machinist and engine machinist Technicians who successfully earn either certificate will hold proof that they have an elevated understanding of fundamentals of machining, measuring tools, shop safety, fasteners engine theory engine diagnosis engine disassembly component cleaning inspection crack detection and repair component reconditioning and cylinder head and block resurfacing everything that we've been talking about here and morning, guys. and and
1: you get these cool patches oh for your yeah. work
0: shirts you get a certificate with and the diploma
1: course. certificate w- whatever it. you want what, to what's your preferred title there right yeah, right? you get
0: get that nice thick book, man. Yeah. Um, I'm telling which,
1: you, this is a career. If you are sitting around right now a little bit displaced because of some of the changes or you've got a little bit more time on your hand and you're trying to figure out and you have a technical inclination and you're now that we've laid out kind of some of the precision involved, if you're good with with details, this is something to look into. This is this is a life skill.
0: Yeah, and let me tell you, it's this. This is they make it very easy because the, the, it's an online program. Um, it's a self-paced course uh, with up to one year to complete. Um, the book that we were just speaking of is uh, called uh, the name of it is Automotive Machining and Engine Repair uh, by Gary Lewis. Gary Lewis, we talked about the other day. He's pretty heavy hitter in the industry. Steve, is that right? Yes. Yeah?
2: Very much so. Yep. yep, he was an instructor at uh, De Anza College out in California. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, pretty awesome that you guys have that support too. And what here, here's a beautiful thing about this: what you guys are offering too. You don't have to be a member to take these courses. That's that's pretty incredible. And again, all the more reason to get into this, guys. If you're looking for yep. that career change, I, I'm to, just to I'm, do I'm just
1: telling you, like as an opportunist, if I were. I I've it's appealing to me and I've got a pretty solid career path in front of me and I'm sitting here going, Well, I could only grow from this knowledge. Right. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah. I just I, this- I just can't yeah. It's and, and look, um the 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 technology curve is not going to slow down. Oh no. This is the kind of stuff that's going to be more and more in play as the years go by and, and it continues to double on itself. Moore's Law, right? Mm. Um this is this is the, the it's the world we live in now. That's it.
0: So hey guys, if you want to take this course uh with with the book, um let's see here. Uh, well, Jay, if with, you have questions, you could just ask. I Steve. could, yes. <laughs> hey, Steve, Steve, why don't you? Yes, yeah, see there. You go.
2: Let's talk to the experts on this. Tell us, Steve. What, uh, with the book, it's one hundred and fifty bucks, or you can take it without the book, and it's one hundred and twenty-five.
0: There you go. It's everything a technician will need, and is good. Thank you for that help, man. It's uh, no it's problem. it's everything a technician will need, and is uh, is contained in the program with video clips and supplemental readings at uh, key locations within the program. So
1: you, I just. One hundred and twenty-five book bucks yeah. without the book. Yeah.
0: Are you yep. serious? Yeah, it's it's worth. Trust me, you want the book. I mean,
1: yeah. I'm. I'm just. I'm not kidding. This is. You, you need to be. Yeah. This is.
0: So. Yeah. So let's let's tell us how they can go over there. They go to uh, aera.org uh, forward slash online dash training dot html. Is that no? It's, is that yeah? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. You just honestly, just go to their website and you'll find everything you need. You can register for everything. Um, I saw the, uh, the application form. Uh, so just take a minute to read through it and see what you want to do. But not only that, you guys have customized courses too, where you, uh, with failure analysis, you actually, you guys will actually go to a shop, uh, set up time and have a little bit of a clinic with them. Is that
2: right? Yeah, that's more a Chuck, and I'll let uh, Chuck kind of okay. talk about his custom training as he actually just got back from yeah.
3: that. Right. So, um, you know, I've done in anything from you know, hey, let's lay out a bunch of stuff to take a look at, and we'll do failure analysis. Uh, you know, some training on on machines, uh, just theory of engines, uh, whatever the case may be. So, you know, over my history, I've been a equipment service technician, you know, sold parts in the uh, aftermarket, worked for production, engine rebuild. Uh, so, you know, just try to to share those experiences and, and that knowledge. So again, yeah, we've, uh, I got some other stuff booked for this year. Um, and, uh, you know, in addition to that, that's, that's kind of what we do with our uh, regional tech and skills events that we have, you know, um, throughout the country this has been a bad year everybody knows what we're dealing with but uh um we we go to a to a location and and we'll pick topics or the host will pick topics and you know it can it can be more hands-on it can be all theory it can be on a particular product or a varied product you know so
1: yeah. again and essential not not going away right nope. like fire trucks and ambulances need police cars whatever yep. right like you got it that's uh it. i mean it's it's not going and, away
0: and any essential worker, no matter what yeah g- essential field it is you've got to get trucks there. right you got to get yeah. there you know right. you got you gotta keep doing it um I've been very fortunate I've been to some of those clinics, and I can tell you guys they are not boring um they're very full of activity um it is worth your while if you ever have the opportunity to get to one of those it's it's fantastic I've always enjoyed it. you guys are also at um Apex uh, in Las Vegas every year. You have a
2: booth there, right? Correct. Correct. We have one at Apex and Ooh, SEMA.
1: I, let's put you on the spot. Are you going? You can decline to uh, answer. Right.
2: Nope. I won't decline to answer because uh, as of right now, we are dedicated to go
1: to both of them. Yeah, we are, well, we're we are as well. We're looking yeah. forward
0: to it. We're, uh, we're in the process of getting registered up again ourselves. And it
1: looks like it's going to happen from everything they've put out there. It yeah. It looks like it's going to happen. Yeah.
0: I think so, I hope it does. I hope we can get get through this and, and have this event. This is a great event. Um, PRI talk a little bit about pRI and 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 what your what your membership base is there uh,
2: PRI is is good for us. It's really good for our industry, I think because um, a lot of the engine builders come there because the machines are there. Uh, there's really no machines at the Vegas shows. So you get your, your honing equipment, your boring equipment, your milling equipment is all at PRI, uh, in Indianapolis in December. Performance racing industry, industry, industry. Correct. Correct. And then on Friday nights, uh, we always have a little uh, party. We call it our engine professional VIP party, and that's for all of our members, uh, uh, associate members, which is the part suppliers and manufacturers, as well as our our engine builders. And we have a little party for them. We have an auction uh, that helps generate money for our education foundation, where we auction off. Sometimes people give equipment, uh, tooling, uh, some trips, Coolers, packages, grills, all kinds of things. And we do that and we auction that off. And then that money is raised for the education foundation. Fantastic guys. Yeah. I love it. I'm hoping that we can
0: make PRI this year. Um, as you guys know, I, I, exhibited there for many years. Um, and I haven't been in a couple of years, but I'm really looking forward to getting back. So hopefully we can make that this year. Keith and our, yep. we've got it on our Already radar, on so. the radar. Yep. 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 So, um, I may have to be staying at some hotel in like
1: the uh, parking lot. If I bring yes. the RV up, we might. Well, that's the other <laughs> that's factor with it being in Indy is you, you, the, I was telling Jay, you can have plans and we can RV it, and then you know the week before we see the weather and it's going to be you know ten degrees out. Well, that's kind of a no go with a you yeah. know you got a winter. Indy, it's hit or miss
2: there with yeah. the it
0: is. But you know what though, Indianapolis is the perfect location for this show. Um, It's a it's a great host city. It's right in the Um, middle. It's it's cold. So it makes people want to be inside and walk on those floors because it was in Orlando. Uh, They had moved it down there for several years and it just seemed to to kind of fade a little bit. And I think it, it was because of. You know, well, sure. Everybody was running over yeah, to the theme parks to. Yeah, you know, they were spending the day in a day at the trip. show, and then yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. They were yep. trying to squeeze it all in. So, Indianapolis is a great location. They have so many great restaurants. It's a, it's just an entertaining town. And even you know, even as cold as it is, you'll enjoy it. It's a fun um, town. Yeah, it's really, it really is. Uh,
1: especially over the past decade, they've it's turned into a cool city. So, I don't have the
0: dates on that but i know it's always like the first
1: week in
0: december is that right guys it's actually december uh 10th 11th and 12th this year that's a that's a thursday friday and saturday correct
1: yes i do believe those are the how do i
0: know that because i have to set the booth up and take Uh, the booth down
1: So hey, speaking of events and current events, we'll do a little bit of news here, and you, you guys can uh, sit in and crack wise, and we might get your opinion on a couple of these things. How's how's that sound, Jay? That sounds great. You you wanna you wanna well here
0: live
1: <laughs> now it's official. News. Okay, it is official. Um, so we've got a couple. Do you wanna do you wanna grab one? You want me to grab one? What do you want You wanna rock paper scissors this?
0: No, I'll go ahead and grab it. I don't need to. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm going to assert myself here. Go for it. Okay, I'm going for it. All right. So you guys are aware of the new Ford Bronco, right? Coming out. Mm-hmm. There's yep. a lot of lot of to do about this thing, right? Um, apparently, they're going to bring this thing out. They've they've announced it's going to finally debut on July the ninth. Um,
2: just
1: around the just corner, around really. the corner. Anybody? Right? Uh, Anybody know what Anybody what else know what uh what July. else
0: uh, day is on it? What what day that is?
1: What, did, uh, here, did, let's did, give him a clue. What's the <laughs> most famous Ford Bronco in history that that you know of?
2: Oh, The white
1: one. Yeah. So July 9th is, July 9th someone is someone's is birthday. someone's birthday. And we're trying right. to figure out if they planned that or uh it was accidental that they're going to debut this thing on oj simpson's birthday
2: pretty interesting
1: um, that might have something to do with it so <laughs> it, it, it could be a brilliant marketing move uh hopefully it doesn't backfire i, I we're I, pretty excited to see if it is what we think it's going to be um we're pretty excited to see this this back in in their lineup um yeah, Ford you guys has had some Ford's yeah.
0: had an exciting year. I mean, they've had the last couple of years from an R and D standpoint. You know, just with the Mach-E, I know that, that that was not favored, you know, heavily by you know the muscle car guys. Um, but I think it was a necessary thing for Ford to push um, and get out there to compete with all of their their, their, their the other folks out there. Um, you know, at least they're still making the gasoline version. I don't, I don't you know, unless their hand is forced. I think they'll continue to make that thing. But we're excited. Well, about the What's that?
3: I said, you will know what was planned if it's got orange deck stripes on it. And it says, G- oh, <laughs>
1: right, right, right. Yeah. Well, would you guys consider Let here? It, would you consider buying one if you had to have off-road capability or let's just say true four-wheel drive capability in an SUV? Would it be on your radar? Potentially, if it's not just awful like the. Chevy Blazer <laughs> reboot.
3: No, that would be a target vehicle for myself personally, but, Okay. You no. Know, I yeah. I like the, the off room stuff so. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Isn't isn't the uh the new Chevy Blazer like the Uncola? <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's 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 not even uh, Yeah, I just Uncola. wish they would have stayed a little bit more true to what it used to be. Uh, But that's a whole other subject, right? So this is right around the corner, and I think we're going to podcast on it as soon as... We're going to wait till right after the premiere and then probably talk about it. But I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this. There's been a ton of rebuilds of those old late 60s Broncos.
0: Did you guys see all those at SEMA last year? The Jay Leno reveal, too, on that?
2: I did not see that one, but I did get a chance to walk around a little bit and did see some of those older ones that I thought were pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Well, there's a a (laughs) shop out of just outside of St. Louis. It's actually on the Illinois side, I think, that's restoring those late 60s models. I can't, we did a Uh, podcast
0: on it. I can't remember. Yeah, Gateway Bronco. Gateway Bronco, that's it. And
1: they're putting, I don't know what they're putting in them, but they're going for a couple hundred thousand. Yeah, am I right there, Jay? I mean, it's yeah, yeah. They are. I
0: think they're using the coyote uh, in that, and um, at least in in specific models. And I think you can step up or step down. They have a couple of choices. This thing, which speaking of you know engine sizes, we were talking, or you know about the reduction and how much they're getting out of these smaller displacement engines. This is going to be that that Ranger engine. They're saying it's going to be the two point three liter turbo. Um, in line four, it's going to have a seven-speed manual transmission. Is in the cards, they say. Remember what I said? If they're going to get it right, they need to offer a manual transmission.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yep. especially if you're going to do that that Ranger engine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, see. We'll see. Oof. All right. Well, All so right. What you so, got? well, there was a we had a guest on last fall. Um, in fact, I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, and I said, uh, "Hey, you remember uh, we did this? You know." story about a guy we met him at SEMA and she went oh yeah the Pandra and I thought this is great marketing this guy has basically created his own superhero alter ego and even my wife who's not really an automotive she just doesn't follow anything she knows who he is so if you guys have not heard of this guy um we got we were fortunate enough to meet him and then we got to get him on as a guest he drove a Toyota Tundra it was two years ago Jay is that right yeah Yeah, it was
0: it was the um, uh, the Paradise Fire in California. Right. So the, yep. the,
1: ta- the town, they called it the campfire, but if you Google campfire, you're going to find like people camping. And it yep. was the town, um, but they also, Paradise was the other town that was right next right. to it. One of the yep. l- largest wildfires in California in the nation's history... If I'm not mistaken. So he drove this Toyota tundra three times into the flames to rescue people. He's a triage nurse. And had Toyota took the truck, gave him a new one, and put this truck on display at SEMA. And it was all melted and just it was nasty. He didn't think he was gonna make it out, but the truck made it out. Yeah. And it it really spoke volumes to the build quality of that vehicle to be able to, you know. Take so they kind get, of
0: So what do they do? They they give him a new one, you know. Well, they was, get, Yeah,
1: they, it was yeah. all hopped up, and yeah. yeah,
0: they gave him a new one. And then, of course, then Rockstar Garage, they did a um, they custom, did a, yeah. a custom build uh, on that. And so he's he's heavily involved with a lot of those guys still to this day. He does a lot of um, uh, events um, to tell people the story. Yep. He travels but, around. This is kind of not get, good news but This so, is not good news but the story behind it is that, that if you want to go there Keith that these guys were pretty much responsible for this fire Yeah happening. so uh,
1: nobody wants to admit this but we've probably all seen Aaron Brockovich I think that was the movie right when the you know that was PG&E the company behind the kind of cover up and all that so PG&E is in the news again they are expected to plead guilty to 84 counts of manslaughter for basically causing this fire. That fire, yeah. Um, and it, there's a Netflix documentary. Alan the Pandra is his truck. Alan is the guy's name, is not in it. I'm honestly not sure why they didn't grab him and put him in there because it's a great story. Yeah. But they go into if you if you I think it's called Fire in Paradise.
2: Yes, it is. On
1: Netflix. Um and it's not too long, uh, but they go into how it happened and why it got to be so bad so quickly. And, I mean, it honestly is a miracle more people weren't hurt because they had kids in school and fires surrounding the schools and all that. But That's because the panther was pulling everybody out. Yeah, man, man, he was going in and yanking people <laughs> out, and he just kept going back to the point where he thought he couldn't get out. And then I think some... Heavy equipment came and heavy, bull- bulldozed, yeah, and
0: bulldozed stuff out of the way. So he got out. Super nice guy. Um, I bet he will be at SEMA. It, he,
1: he, we will if if he's there. You got to meet him. We'll we'll, we'll introduce yeah. you to him. He's super super nice guy. He's a, he's a character.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. He's uh kind of looks like Dave Grohl a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, he in his from, version, from he's Fighters, a better
1: yeah. he's a better looking Dave Grohl. I think that's the way he explains it.
0: Right. Da- hey Dave. <laughs> Please. I still want those free tickets, man. Don't, don't, don't listen to Keith. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so let's, you want to give a few, uh, you want me to go through some of the the contact please.
1: And we might want to,
0: I'm going to recap these guys. There you go. So, so guys go to aera.org. Um, if you go to that website, you can, you can contact either of these guys, you can get a membership, you can sign up for these, these, these classes, these online courses, um, and that's just—I mean—that's just tip of the iceberg. You, you literally could sit there for hours just going on the website. You guys have so much to offer just there alone. And you should probably uh, maybe subscribe to their their publications, which is pretty cool. I love it. You guys—you've got some great uh, contributors to that. Um, uh, let me see. I think I have those guys up here. Look at this. We've got. Uh, doesn't Rob Monroe contribute? Yep. he does um, Dave does write Dave Hagan does Chuck you write some Steve you write you all of you guys write you guys are like a band yep. man you know
2: <laughs> that's good we write because we can't sing
0: <laughs> <laughs> so but but it's a fantastic uh, magazine I look forward to getting it because you guys are like always on the cutting edge of getting information out. So like late model stuff, and then you guys get into like custom build stuff and, you know, inherent problems you might find with an LS or something. It's pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. So I would encourage anyone to go there and, and subscribe uh, to that. But anyway, again, you can get these guys at www.aera.org. Now, hey, Keith, you got something to say? I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna to throw one thing under the tail end of that, which is if none of that means anything to you or you think it doesn't, uh, if you're going to have some engine work done, Mm-hmm. You need to go walk in and ask if they're an A. If you don't see the sticker on the door or you don't use the member locator on aera.org, ask if they're a member. Yeah, do it, do it. All right. So, how can they find us, Keith? Wow, you're turning the tables on me. Uh, yeah. Partscounterguru.com. Right. Yeah. That's oh, wow. It. This is odd. It's awkward. It's like I'm right and left-handed.
0: <laughs> you want me to take it from here?
1: Uh, you, you better. I might end up in trouble.
0: All right, folks. That's Uh You can uh, subscribe to our podcast there. Just go to the podcast links. Um, you can also purchase things that we mention on our podcast there, like this. Um, we might have something over there that you can, uh, like a link or two, that you can get to these guys as well. I think we probably will do that anyway. Um, we are on just about every platform of social media out there. Uh, we're on Facebook. you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash parts counter gurus. Uh, please like us, um, tell a friend, share that page, uh, check us out over on Instagram. We are at instagram.com forward slash the parts counter gurus. You can follow us there. We post some funny pictures. Uh, Keith will
1: do some strange stuff on there every once in a while. Um, well, you opened you could, this uh, calling us a circus, so I mean, you know what? I'm not sure <laughs> yeah, what well, what you expect. It's yeah, only yeah. <laughs> there's only so many ways it can go from there.
0: That's that's right. So, but we're also on Twitter, um, and our Twitter handle is at the Counter Show. Uh, just like this, this is the counter show, guys. So you can you can uh, check it's us out weird over there. How we came weird. up with that? Yeah, it, it, uh, isn't it? Uh, it's strange, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, do us a favor. Go to our YouTube channel. We have some DIY videos over there, some product reviews. Um, we will occasionally post some of our uh, short clips of our uh, podcast over there. Um, but if you go over there, please do us a favor. Subscribe. We live and die by those. Those subscriptions are free to you, but they are priceless to us. So if you do subscribe, uh, please like us, share us, ring the bell, all that stuff. I want all the likes I can get because right now Keith and I are in the middle of a contest of who can get the most likes. I'm winning, so let's go. That's right. Give me all the likes.
1: Go find all the videos that Jay's not in and give him a thumbs up. There you go. That's how we. That's how. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we. That's
0: how we tackle this. So anyway, um, that's how you can find us, guys. Again, partscountaguru.com. And everything that I said, just go to partsguynguru You'll you'll get us there. Yep. So,
1: Amen. Anyway, uh, gentlemen, thank you for being on the show, Steve and Chuck. Uh, always for a us. pleasure. We will be talking again real soon. They've got some things in in the works that uh, we know about that we're going to encourage you to keep an eye on their website for. Um, that's all I'll say for now. Uh, and and I just want to reiterate, guys. Check out the site. Make sure you look for the logo on the door. Um, I'm going to leave you. I've got a, I brought a, this is, it's going to seem unfitting because <laughs> I'm about to quote Shakespeare, but I brought a Shakespeare quote to the table for our podcast. Oh, oh. <laughs> right? Shakespeare, engine professionals, makes sense, hey, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely it does.
1: Right now Steve's like, where's he going with this? All right, so uh, Shakespeare said, a fool thinks himself to be wise, but a wise man knows himself to be a fool. I'm in the presence of some pretty foolish people, especially in the uh, as the engine industry relates, right? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thanks for being on Good the one. show, guys. For Chuck, Steve, and Jay over there, I'm Keith, and we will talk to you soon.